Welcome to this week's edition of Everything Fast Pitch by Fast Pitch Prep. Coach Don and I are here together in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio today, getting ready to record episode number 245. Got a really fun show lined up for you this week. In our warm up segment, we're going to talk about our city of the week, player of the week, equipment tip of the week, have a really interesting did you know, a fun listener question, and of course, Paige's power play. In our leadoff topic, we're going to have an interview with our good friend Tristan Hildebrandt from Anderson Bat Company. Tristan is obviously a, a longtime supporter now of everything fast pitch, and always fun to talk to him about what's going on in the world of bats. In our cleanup topic, we're going to talk about the changing face of college athletics and college softball. I mean, it's all kind of tied together, and we want to talk about a few things that are ongoing and ongoing discussions. And then we have something very exciting now, uh, something very uh, good news for the uh, everything fast pitch uh, world. Our Coaching Tip of the Week is now going to be called the Action Coach Coaching Tip of the Week. One of our longtime friends and supporters, John Davis, who has a business called Action Coach, is going to be doing the uh, Coaching Tip of the Week. This week's edition is a little bit of an advertisement about what his company does, what he's doing with his with his programs. But then he'll be offering coaching tips, which are relative to the world of business and coaching the great game of softball. And one of the things that uh, we've uh, known for a long time is coaching is coaching and teaching is teaching. And there's a lot of lessons that we talk about from a softball perspective that are really rooted in other areas. And so I think it's going to be an interesting twist. Um, and we're excited to be partnering with Action Coach and John Davis. And that will be a new segment uh, that you'll get used to listening to starting with this week. So Don, before we get into all those topics, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. Also, let's talk about patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. As we've been talking now for several weeks, really several months, the uh, future of everything fast pitch and coach prep are still kind of hanging in the balance of how much support we can get. We have had the good fortune of adding a couple of sponsors that has helped. We've added a bunch of patrons, which has helped. But the uh, reality of our situation is we're still operating in the red. The number in the red has gotten a lot smaller thanks to the generosity of the patrons that have come on board. But the reality of it is we still need more people to help us. If you're in a position where you can, if you see value in what we're doing, we would really love for you to be able to help support us and to, to come on board and, and become a patron. You go to patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. We're talking about five, ten, or twenty dollars a month in support. And it goes a long way towards helping us offset the costs, uh, the expenses that we incur uh, on a monthly basis. You know, there's a lot that goes into putting this podcast together. And the reality of it is a really pretty simple thing is none of it is free. I was gonna say and Tori for the patrons that we have as well to make it a little more exciting, we're gonna try and have products like the Pinnacle Power Butter and things like that that we right. can uh, also give out. Yeah, and so this week, our Pinnacle Power Butter recipient is Steve Maddox. Steve's been a longtime supporter. He's a, a patron that's uh, uh, done a lot for us, and we're super excited about him supporting everything Fast Pitch and uh, really do appreciate uh, 
um, all of the patrons that we've had and all the patrons that have been supporting us. We have a core group of patrons that have been with us now for several years that have really been committed to helping us. And we do appreciate them tremendously. I don't want to underestimate their value to us and their importance to us at all. But we're certainly looking for some more people to come on board if we can. So patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. So Don, that's going to take us to our warm-up segment. Our warm-up segment is sponsored by Bidinger and Styles DDS. They're located in Webster, Massachusetts. They also have been longtime supporters of what we're doing here with the podcast. If you're in the Webster area, if you have any dental needs at all, contact Bidinger and Styles. They'll take really good care of you and just mention to them that you heard about uh, their services uh, here on the podcast, and that would be a really cool thing. So, Don, our city of the week is Milton, Ontario, Canada. Another Canadian group. That's fantastic. Now, yeah. Canada, we're sneaking up on it, but we haven't <laughs> hit that number just yet. So we got to get a few more uh, listeners in, in Canada. You know, the, the challenge for Coach Don to sing O Canada before the end of the year, we're running out of time. So all of our Canadian listeners, and obviously... It'll um, be fun. Yeah, if, if all the people who came on board this week in Milton could all get one more person to listen you got and and a few other work at yeah, it a little a few other areas could uh, could do the same thing um i think uh, we could push past this threshold and get down to dust off Sing the national anthem for us we'll see how it goes yeah but uh one of the things that we're always asking is that uh, all of you that listen on a regular basis to find somebody in your world that isn't listening yet and convince them to listen to a Everything Fast Pitch podcast the reality of our situation is simple i think that once they listen they keep coming back and I feel confident saying that because I know um, I keep looking at the old reports, you know, the old podcasts have been in the can for a while, and I see those numbers going up. And I don't think it's somebody that's listened to it before going back to listen again. I think those are new people that are coming on board and figuring out, hey, wait a second, I bet you I missed some stuff. Sure. It's exciting to see that, you know, one of the things about the podcast world is that these podcasts will live forever. So you can go back and listen to you know, the first one, you know, the 100th one, the, you know, the 200th one, I tell people all the time, though, please don't go back to number one. You know, you can skip like one through 30 or so, because I think it took us about that many to start to get a handle on what we were doing. There's still some good information and stuff mixed in there, but you got to be a pretty patient person to listen. No, I know some of those beginning ones were a little sketchy. Totally. Yeah, it, it took us a while. So, but uh, we're, we're proud of where we're at and proud of where we're going. So, Don, our player of the week this week is Lauren. Lolo Wildstein. She was nominated by her coach. She's uh, accomplished a great deal on the softball field, but more importantly, she's the example of a kid that's overcome an awful lot. Lauren had a very serious injury. She had a uh, cracked vertebrae. For any of us that have ever had back problems or spine problems, we know how painful that is and how you know everything you do is difficult. You know, you know, you know walking yeah. or sleeping or any of those things. Well. Picture trying to be out there on the softball field with that kind of uh, injury and that kind of recovery. But the good news is uh, that Lolo has done a great job. She worked really hard through her rehabilitation, you know, just killed it and knocked it out of the park. And now is getting back out on the field. This fall is part of the uh, Cambridge Bears feeder team, uh, the A feeder team. Uh, she helped them have a really successful season, ended up hitting 421 and led the team in hits, triples, RBIs. Um, and just did a great job on the field. And so, you know, she's the exact type of player we great want to job recognize. staying at it, yeah. yeah. Um, she's uh, one year post-surgery and appears to be well on her way to you know, having a really good career. And for all of the players that have to face some sort of struggle, every time we hear a success story like this, it's always exciting and encouraging because it just gives everybody one more uh, 
reason to be optimistic. She, her travel team is the Atlanta Premier 14 and under Belfonte team. She's just a really good player, really good kid, a really good student, and we're excited for her, happy for her to see that she's recovering and, and having a great bounce back from, from such a serious injury. So congratulations, Lolo. You are the Fast Pitch Prep Player of the Week. Great job. So now let's talk about our equipment tip of the week, our Square Cuts training discs. No, Tori, again, we're getting right down to the wire. I'm sure that if somebody ordered them today and or sometime this week that they'd probably receive them by Christmas, but uh, it's a perfect gift. Again, it's something unique and different and something that they're not going to receive from everybody. So be the one that they get it from and uh, order some. One of the things that we've talked about uh, really on a nonstop basis is something that when we came up with the idea of trying to create a tool, we were thinking of nothing but hitting. And of course, we found out now that the reality of it is that the customers and listeners are a whole lot smarter than we are, and that the Square Cuts training disc has ended up being a lot more versatile than we had originally planned for, um, something that people are using in a lot of different ways. It's a very affordable tool. It's $49.95 a dozen. And if you're just using it at home, that dozen is going to last you for a really long time. No um, doubt. Yeah. I have some of the original prototypes in my cage that are now three plus years old and getting hit on pretty abrasive turf batting cage and holding up great and uh, getting a lot of mileage out of my I've thrown away one or two of those original ones that we you know started off with. And those weren't even as good as the ones that we're selling now. Those were sort of like the uh, test drive for, uh, first versions, version. First versions. Yep. We know that they've improved a lot since then. Um, and again, $49.95 a dozen. You go to our fastpitchprep.com website. There's an order button right there on the front page. Click on it. it take you through the steps. Uh, as Coach Don said, if we can get them out to you here this really week. quickly, I think we still have a shot to hopefully get them to you before by Christmas. I can't promise that it will be now because we're looking at you know, December 15th or 16th-ish for a shipping date. If you order them right away, um, it's going to be close. But uh, we would love to try uh, to get them to you in time. So the Square Cuts training discs, $49.95 a dozen. So, Don, did you know... The NFCA convention just wrapped up, San Antonio this year. Um, the NFCA convention is a very important part of the uh, softball calendar. You know, the NFCA is really geared towards the collegiate coach more than anything else. It's sort of like their professional group, their uh, opportunity to, to learn and grow and communicate and politic with each other. And the convention is something that I would tell if you're a really hardcore person, somebody who really loves the game of fast pitch softball, at some point in time, try to put that on your list of things to attend at least once. It's really kind of an amazing thing to be, you know, walking down the hall or, or walking through the convention center and you see Jenny Finch and you see Michelle Smith Some and you see legends. Lisa Fernandez and yeah. you see Patty Gasso. And for the most part, you know, almost any one of these people, you walk up to them and introduce yourself. They're going to spend some time visiting with you, talking to you. You, you can be a fan. You can, you know, have a little bit of fun. But you can also have a chance to learn a lot and to, to pick up a lot of, uh, of knowledge and a lot of information. One of the reasons why the NFCA is such an important place to be is a lot of decisions start at that level. You know, the process of changing the rules and, and changing the guidelines for anything relative to the game of fast pitch at the NCAA level always starts with the coaches groups suggesting ideas, coming up with plans, coming up with things that they think are important to the growth of the game. And now, the reality of the NFCA structure that a lot of the stuff starts in Division One and kind of works its way from Division One down through Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA, JUCO. But the Division One coaches are very active. You know, it's their chance to get together and argue for the things that they think are important, and to you know, quite often create legislation and and maybe make some changes. Well, 
we're going to talk here in a little bit about how the game has changed drastically because of the transfer portal and NIL and some different things that we've talked about at several different points in time for the podcast. And there's a lot of push to make some legislation changes to do some things a little bit differently to try to get a handle on the impact the NIL and the the transfer portal are having on the game. You know, there's a lot of positives, but there's also some negatives and, and we'll get into that. Also looking at changes in the recruiting calendar, college coaches trying to find a balance between their professional lives and and their time that they want to spend with their teams and and spend coaching versus recruiting and a lot of different things that are are going on. So the the hot topics uh, from uh, what my spies are telling me this year were those three things. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, proposals and things comes out from the NFCA. But as I said earlier, it's one of those bucket list things. If you're a real hardcore fast pitch person, convention rotates around. Um, It's usually in Las Vegas every other year, every third year. You can kind of count on that if you're somebody that loves going to Vegas. But try and keep it warm, right? Yeah, but they also uh, move it around. It's been in uh, Atlanta. It's been in the Phoenix area. Um, It's been in Nashville and a lot of other places, you know, Florida. So it's something that uh, as it moves around, it might be close enough that uh, you could make it a a couple of days of uh, softball heaven, so to speak. The NFCA convention, did you know, uh, was uh, just in San Antonio. It's always this time of year. Plans, I'm sure, are already made. I, had, I have not had a chance to check and see where it's going to be next year. I'm sure it's already been announced. Never Lots know. of seminars. and Yeah, all yeah. kinds of coaches clinics, uh, yeah. uh, networking opportunities, a lot of meetings. And, and something, if, you know, if you're really hardcore, everybody can attend the uh, business meetings that go on, the, the, like the big convention sessions where you know some of these things are talked about and promoted not everybody gets to vote obviously but it's really kind of interesting to listen to how passionately and uh, seriously the coaches are about some of the topics and uh, it, it again it's just it's an eye-opening experience it's something i think everybody that really loves this game would enjoy being at i was gonna say booth you know from glove manufacturers to uniforms to new bats and things like that yep. often to be displayed and, and showed there as well oh yeah the uh the vendor area is yeah. is top of the that, line that's my fun place yeah. i like um, that and, and there's all kinds of different things there and, and usually uh, some softball celebrities so you can get some autographs and that kind of thing too softball software all kinds of things all kinds of crazy stuff yeah. so don that's going to take us to our listener question a listener question uh, comes from a coach that shall remain nameless just to protect everybody involved. <laughs> right. uh, but this coach uh, wanted to talk about uh, they had a player who left their team and it was the player's idea to leave. So basically the player quit the team, left the team for whatever you know personal reason. Now they want their team fees back. They want their team dues back. And he wanted to know our thoughts on it and kind of the, the way things get done uh, and, and how it should be handled. So for this coach, you know, the first question I would ask is, was there any discussion on the front end of what the policy was right. going to be? You know, that to me is, is always the first place to start. Typically, I think the sentiment is across the board. If a player quits a team, they're kind of leaving their money behind. You know, it's like, you know, their, their choice to leave and, you know, whatever fees they paid, whatever dues they paid, uh, whatever uniforms they bought, that's kind of on them. That's just the yeah. cost of doing business. It's getting so expensive now, Tori. And I know um, occasionally we'll have teams that break it up into payments and things like that and um, to keep it reasonable. But just like you said, I think uniforms and things that have been generated before we leave, I think definitely are on the player that left. Right. If we're in a situation, and this is 
completely could be a lot more comfortable for everybody if it's spoken about up front. Right. Knowing that it's going to happen. I mean, if you're having, you know, team meetings, let's talk about what happens if somebody departs. Or right. if we do insert another player, they're going to be typically covering um, tournament fees and things like that. So those kind of fees potentially could be um, reimbursed to whoever leaves upon bringing someone new into the fold. I think that that kind of makes sense to me. But, you know, I think that there's a little bit on the person that left as well. Right. You know, and I, I don't know what, what's most fair. I know if it were me, I think that, uh, you know, depending on the situation on the departure, to give them some fees back, I think is okay. Right. Well, and I think it's, uh, again, one of those slippery slope kinds of topics. I think that the best thing possible, and I'm, uh, and I think because of the way this uh, question was asked, that there was very little, if any, uh, pre-season, early season discussion before the money was paid. I don't. It doesn't sound like, or doesn't feel like, there was any kind of contract or anything laid out. But so, what I would strongly recommend for any team that has players or families contributing, whether it's a check out of their checking account or raising money through fundraisers or getting sponsors or contributions to cover fees, that all those options and all those possibilities are laid out in black and white. That's you know something that everybody signs at the start of the year saying, okay, if I choose to leave the team, this is what's this is going how to happen. It goes. Right? Yeah. And you could, as you said, Don, kind of break it down to, is there some things that absolutely cannot be refunded? Are there some things that might be able to be refunded? Are there some things that will be refunded? Are there times when a player has a reason to leave the team? There's sometimes people leave in a huff and people think that, you know, that they're acting irrationally or whatever. And their parting shot as they go out the door in, in a fit of anger is, you know, and I want my money back too. Sure. Versus the job change, life change, situations change, some, you know, something, you know, crazy happens in that player's life and they can just no longer be part of the team versus the the grass might be greener and I'm going to quit this team and go someplace else because I think it's going to be a better team, you know, and all that stuff has a different feeling to it. For sure. And is going to probably lead to the coach of the team that's losing the player potentially having a different reaction to it. If a player comes to you and says, well, Don, you know, I'm going to have to leave the team. You know, my mom lost her job. You know, my dad, you know, got, you know, can't afford to travel. You know, I, you know, I just don't have the money to keep traveling and all that stuff. I hate it. I love the team. You know, maybe in the future I can come back if, if, if you'll have me. But because of the financial hardship we're in, it would be amazing if we could get that, you know, two, three, four, five, six hundred dollars back that we paid in advance. That's a whole lot different than. You know, you didn't let me play 100% of the inning, so I'm going to quit. I'm going to start shortstop somewhere. Right. And so I think that it's, you know, so hopefully we've, we we cover all that by having some sort of an agreement, some sort of contract that everybody signs in the beginning. And then after that, I think, you know, your past policy is something that you could be talking about. You can make sure that you let everybody know, you know, that if we raise money, if we do a fundraising event, that that is team money. You don't get that back no matter what. Um, if we do some sort of a, contribution where somebody has their company or their business make a donation Match that, or that, make a donation yeah, yeah that that's a donation and that you don't get that money back if it is something like you said where when we bring in a new player that new player is going to be paying the fees to replace your fees then, then we can then we can you know give you X number of dollars back, you know, that we were going to use for tournament entries or whatever it might be but if we're not able to replace your 
you know, right. your fees, then they stay. Yeah. So, so I think there's a lot of layers to it. And I don't think it's as simple as uh, you quit the team, we keep your money. Or you quit the team, you get your money. Right. Yeah. I think it's, it's you know, definitely there's a, a scale uh, upon which everybody's going to operate. And, you know, the biggest thing is, I just think this is absolutely one of those examples that talk about it up front. If you're coaching a team and you're going to have anybody give you their money for their kid to be on it, you should have some sort of contract that lays out exactly what's going to happen with the money before you take the check. And I can see, Tori, how this could really uh, be overlooked because everybody's intentions are good. Right. I'm on the team. I want to be on the team. Here's the fees. Dut, dut, dut. Away we go. Um, and then a lot of times the situations change. Right. Like you said. And there's really no way of saying you know that there's a good reason to leave or a bad reason to leave because everybody's reasons are different. And everybody who leaves a team to them, the reason they're leaving is is the right reason. Legit. Yeah. yeah. So, but so take care of it up front uh, for for our coach. I think that that would be the one thing if you if you didn't have this discussion, have this uh, you know document in place to kind of lay it all out. You're gonna have to follow your heart on this one and do what you think is right. But I think if you didn't have the, the paperwork or didn't have the discussion, you've set yourself up for a lot more questions than maybe you would have. Do your best to make good and always moving forward. Make sure you've got that contract, that form that everybody's going to sign. Probably doesn't really hold up in a court of law, but if we're talking about you know a five hundred dollar softball fee, the chances of somebody taking you to court to try to get that five hundred dollars back is probably pretty slim. Pretty slim, yeah, yeah, because they're going to spend three thousand dollars on a lawyer to get five hundred dollars back. Yeah, I was going to say there might be another player coming along that will buy your uniform too, huh? Right. Yeah. If, yeah if, if we can leave on as happy a, we'll, we'll get you guys together. Yeah, leave, leave on as happy a note as possible. That's always <laughs> a good idea. But contracts, explanations, discussions, transparent and up clear front, up front, yeah. and that will solve all these problems on the backside. So, Don, that's going to take us to this week's edition of Paige's Power Play. Hey, it's Paige here. I am coming to you with how to navigate worry today. So, this is something I'm working on with the girls inside my, my girl gang membership. And inside our, all of our heads, there we tend to have this negative, pesky voice. It's like that internal critic, that inner critic who is constantly sharing things that are disguised as the truth. This is what that worried voice is. This is the worried thoughts in our head. Worry will say things to us like, who the heck are you to do this? Or you're not actually going to say that, right? Or nope, not you, not ever, not enough. Look at them. They're better than you. You suck. You suck. You suck. You suck. Like, Sometimes worry still gets to me, but I know worry pretty well. And I know that this voice is so much further from the truth. Like I, I just know that that's not the truth, even though it seems like it. But if we listen to worry, those worried thoughts, those negative thoughts, it's just going to take us further and further away from our truth, what we, what we want to believe about ourselves. So we have to stop taking worry so literally worry it's designed to keep us from where we want to go from doing anything scary or risky it takes us away from the amazing things that we can do but that worried voice keeps us from it i've been working on with the girls how to know a different voice a more like compassionate loving curious voice the nice girl voice 
and like get into a place of more wonder. When we start to wonder, when we start to be more compassionate, when we start to be more curious, we get closer and closer to what we want to be, what we want to do, rather than maybe what everyone else thinks we should or do or say or whatever it might be. We can use that wonder and that curiosity to eliminate those worried thoughts, those negative thoughts. And it's good to acknowledge those worried thoughts, those negative thoughts, but we have to remind the worry when it comes up that like, nope, like my curiosity, my like openness, my compassionate, like wonder is the only one that's allowed to drive this car the car being yourself. (laughs) So we have to ultimately choose, are we going to choose curious, compassionate, loving thoughts, or are we going to choose those worry thoughts? And also know that not all worry is, is bad or destructive. There's two different types of worry. There's toxic worry, and then there's useful worry. Toxic worry is the typical worrying about the future It keeps us in fear. It keeps us from doing the things that we want. The useful worry um, allows us to see potential setbacks so that we can create plans, so we can audible, so we can adjust and shift in order to allow ourselves to keep going and going after those things that we really want. When we have toxic worry, that's when we don't perform when it matters. That's when like athletes stay average we don't fulfill our potential. When we get stuck, and especially as athletes, when we get stuck, it's usually because of the myth of we're not enough, right? I'm not enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not attractive enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not powerful enough. I'm not lovable enough. I'm not perfect enough. I am well, my favorite, the one that, well, the favorite. The one that comes up the most for me is I don't have enough time. So what are the those the myths, those not enough myths? Which ones resonate with you the most? Talk about, have this conversation with your daughter, with your athlete. When have these myths, these not enough myths, when have they held your daughter back? When have they held you back as a parent? Also think about how have you moved through these myths in the past? And this is how you can know that you are capable and you can overcome these worries, these worry myths, these negative thoughts that tend to keep us from our full potential. Just really focus on when that worry comes up and how you can choose that compassionate, loving, wonder, curious voice instead. Because our thoughts, and that those worried thoughts are not facts. All right, I know I say it every week. Paige is a rock star. Make sure we look at her programs. If you have a player uh, that struggles with her confidence, that doesn't seem to be having as much fun as they could, seems to really be having some difficulty playing the game, what Paige is doing is going to help solve a lot of that. Please, please, please check out pagetons.com. If you sign up for her programs, you're not going to be disappointed. I was going to say, cover that base. Make sure you're taking care of it. Yeah. You know, there's a saying uh, I saw up here at the batting range uh, once upon a time about how a uh, 
$500 bad isn't going to fix a $5 swing. Don, I know you're not a movie guy. Nope. But in the great movie Bull Durham, they talk about having a million-dollar arm and a 50-cent head or a 5-cent head. The 5-cent head in that movie example isn't because they're struggling with confidence. It's for other reasons. But if a player is really struggling with their confidence and they're going up to the plate afraid of messing up over and over and over again, that $500 bat isn't going to solve that as much as maybe a program like Pages is going to. So pagetons.com, T-O-N-Z. So our leadoff topic this week, we had a nice uh, conversation with Tristan Hildebrandt from Anderson Bat. Hey, uh, Coach Don and I are super excited to have our good friend Tristan from Anderson Bat with us today. We're going to check in now that we're getting a little bit closer to the end of the 2022 calendar year. I know the uh, calendar year and the product year are not necessarily the same thing uh, in the sporting goods world. But uh, Tristan, thank you very much for your time. Uh, We really appreciate you spending some time with us today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Happy to be here. Tell us how uh, 2022 worked out for uh, Anderson and just what kind of year you all had. We had a really good year. There was its challenges like there is with every year. And the past few years have been a little bit different with COVID and some of the issues that come along with that. But all things considered, I think we had a really good year. We gained a lot of really good new clients that are, are new to kind of the Anderson Bat family. You know, we've continued to to build upon the foundation that we have in terms of Fast pitch, slow pitch, baseball for BB core, which is, you know, high school and college and then youth baseball as well. So it's been a great year. We've definitely had to make some adjustments and, and figure out how to continue to get better. And I think this next upcoming year is going to be a fantastic one for us again, as we have some new stuff coming out and really just building on a lot of the success that we've had specifically in the, in the fast pitch line, building on top of that and trying to to put a even better product in in the player's hands. Well, that's awesome. I know uh, Coach Don and I uh, are singing your praises on a on a constant basis. I'm very happy to hear that uh, that y'all had a good year. So I know you've got some brand new stuff, some new products on the horizon. But I also wanted to just to give you a chance to tell us a little bit about the new bat line, uh, what to expect, if there's anything new or exciting. What's going to be new for Anderson for the bats for this coming year? Yes, we focused mainly this year on making what we had again and, and just making it better. So we, we didn't come up with a completely new design for any of our bats where, you know, we're going to kind of just start from zero. Everything that we introduced into the, the marketplace the last year or so was really positive and, and we got a lot of positive feedback from our customers. So what we did is like anything, you know, I think a lot of the athletes or coaches or whoever it is that, that you guys are, are getting on your podcast today, it's always about getting better, you know, 1% better every single day. And how can we find a way to become the best that we're at? And we think we had a really good product for the fast pitch line last year. And what we did is we basically said, hey, let's fine tune this. Let's, let's figure out a way to make it more durable and to take care of the performance factor. So we were... Very, very, very happy with how the bat performed in terms of, you know, how hot the bat was. It was very good and testing. It tested fantastic. So we couldn't really make it a ton hotter per se. But what we did is we spent a lot of time digesting some of the durability issues that were coming along with our products. But I think in the industry as a whole, especially with the composite stuff. So this past year, we were at about a one and a half percent 
rate in terms of warranties versus what was produced, which is unheard of in the composite world. Like talking to you guys in the past, I think you know everything that we do, we want it to be the best that it can be. And we really weren't too excited with that 1.5% you know, return rate, even though, it again, it, it is a very, very good number for the industry. Right. So what we did is we changed up some of our end caps. We're starting to make them out of a little bit different material that's a little bit stronger. Internal testing went fantastic. And um, I've actually had a, a few people reach out to me and, and you know, we kind of give a few backs out to some of our family, friends, or people we know that can give us really good feedback before we bring them a, a new idea into the marketplace. And uh, across the board, the people that have tried them um, from a, just a testing standpoint, it's fantastic feedback. Everything seems to be performing really well. And we've actually had zero issues with any sort of durability throughout the testing on this new bat line, which is really, really exciting because as you know, as you guys know, and your listeners know, the composite stuff is somewhat, at least in the industry right now, is not known to be the most durable product, right. but ours is, is off the charts. We're very excited about it. We're just going to try and figure out a way to let everybody in the, in the softball world know that, hey, you know, we have a bat out here that performs really well, that's affordable, and it's definitely going to, going to hold up when you guys, you know, take them out into competition. Right. Well, one of the things uh, that uh, I think sometimes our listeners uh, kind of lose track of, and I know we've talked about it in the past, is that testing has you guys working you know, with a very small margin for how much more you can actually improve performance and still have a bat that's going to be legal. So you know, the uh, durability and the uh, feel and all those kinds of things, I think, are, are where a lot of gains are going to be made. But if, if you can get a little bit better performance and a whole lot better durability, I think everybody should be happy with that. And I know some of the kids that I work with, you know, went through six or seven of another bat in one year. So the fact that you're getting like a one and a half percent return rate says a lot about the quality of the bat and then the durability. And so it, it's just exciting for us because we love to have our name attached to something that, that we know is a really great performer and also, you know, going to stay in the game and, and not be in the mail back and forth to the factory all the time. Right. Next one is, I know you've got a, a big announcement. Now you've got you're going to venture into the glove business that Anderson's going to have a fast pitch line of gloves. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you got going on there? Yeah, actually, we have not released that anywhere on social media and in, in our email letter, nothing. No one knows about it. So it's kind of like a, a best kept secret. And the, the cool thing is, is today is the first time that we're, we're talking about it and I'm excited to do it with you guys. Yeah, so basically we're 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 releasing a, a glove into the marketplace this year. It's something that we've been working on for a very, very long time. We've just had tons of issues with making sure that the leather is, is as good as it can get. The the glove is something that, you know, we want to be when someone takes it out of the box, it's kinda they look at it and go, Wow, this is very high quality stuff. So we've been thinking about bringing a glove and, and getting samples and trying to find different places, different types of leather. It's been a very long time coming. Um, we finally have one that is fantastic. And we are actually, like you said, we're only going to, going to be doing it with fast pitch to start. We've actually sent some out. That's kind of how we do things as a company, you know, rather than us do a lot of the testing. I'd rather do the majority of the testing out in the field 
because I think my opinion really doesn't matter. Our opinion really doesn't matter. We want our customer base or players that are using the product to give us their opinion. And we've just had fantastic reviews. We have people right now that are basically trying to buy gloves. And we're like, how did you guys find out that we even have gloves out yet? Um, but they're fantastic in terms of quality. They're going to be not crazy difficult to break in but the quality of leather i think for anybody that puts one of these in their hands is they're going to be absolutely blown away and that's why it it has taken so long to find something that is kind of undeniably great and then you know move forward with it and try and get it in the hands of players across the country one of the things i'm i'm seeing with the the kids that i work with is they don't mind spending some time breaking in a glove if it's going to be the glove that they're that's that they last, really want to have yeah. that it's going to you know hold up well and it's going to be something that they can can play with for several years and it sounds like uh, from a quality perspective you guys have really thought that through and you're going to be putting a, a high quality glove on the market yeah it's definitely one of those things like i said it, it it's taken so long for us to actually like from zero to one to you know to bring it out to the marketplace to to put it into a mass production and say this is what we're going with this is you know our best foot forward it's taken three years and and the only reason it's taken that long is simply because it has to be great or else why waste everyone's time trying to do it you know the the players' time the parents' hard earned money our time you know everybody involved it, it we just said hey we're going to make sure that again it's undeniably a fantastic product and uh, we found that and we're ready to kind of start rocking and rolling and that we will have that line releasing late january so it's it's in the works right now full speed ahead on that and we're going to start kind of marketing it a little bit letting people know what we have and orders will be being taken and shipped out late january possibly early february yeah we're super excited about it that's awesome so uh from an aesthetic standpoint are we looking at something that's a little traditional looking or a little bit more uh, stylistic for a more creative person we kind of went with the in-between right like some people want a crazy cool looking glove and some people like just a clean glove that's more of a traditional everyday kind of glove so we went like right in between it's basically going to be like a uh, a gray backing with camel accent. And then it's obviously got the red, white, and blue Anderson logo on it on both the uh, the thumb and the index finger. We haven't even started marketing it. No one no one even knows what it looks like except for us. But it, uh, in my opinion, it is really, really cool. Um, and like I said, we've had a lot of people that have seen it out at whether it's just one of the the people that we loaned it to to kind of test it out, they brought it out at a practice or a field, and you know we have people already trying to buy them. So that's a really good sign. I get to spend uh, quite a bit of time working on old gloves. It's something that's always been kind of a passion to me, um, and it just always breaks my heart to see somebody take a glove and get rid of it because they think that it, you know, it's outlived Past its life. This time. I'm, right. I'm excited to see yours because I, I know from everything that we've talked about in the past that it's going to be a first class glove, and uh, and I'm excited to. To help spread the word about them, uh, you know, obviously everything that you guys do has a lot of thought. I guess uh, what's the right word I'm trying to think of? Uh, it's all pur- purposeful. It's uh, you're not you're not shooting at the at the dartboard and hoping to hit it. You got a, a definite eye on the bullseye, and I know everything that we've seen with what you've done with the bats tells us that. And I think uh, it's going to certainly be uh, repeated when we see your gloves. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things where, you know, we've talked about it in the past. We like to look at it from the standpoint of the athlete and specifically the younger athletes, their parents. You know, we want to put a high quality product in their hands that nobody's going to have any issues with. And we understand that a lot of these parents that are purchasing this product, they spend their hard-earned money trying to find something that's going to basically be durable, but also that their their kid is really going to enjoy and it not be an issue. So that's that's how this this whole glove design went. Everything that we're going to release this year is going to fall under the the same kind of thought process in the past. Where if it's not as good as we can get it, let's not put it out there. So um, we're we're very very excited for sure. Well, I'm sure you've got a lot of product loyalty too. That you'll have kids that love their Anderson bat that are going to be dying to have an Anderson glove. So it it really seems like the right time y'all to, to venture into this and i think it's going to be a really exciting thing to see so i'm very very excited for you i was going to say tristan too we've had some people ask and have interest and maybe you can tell us about it in regards to like team deals or package deals is that something that you guys try and promote or do yeah we actually we, this past year has been very successful for us in terms of team deals we have a a lot of high schools that are starting to kind of look around for other stuff Basically, long story short, a lot of high schools over the past couple of years had issues with players not having product, whether it's because they were waiting to get a return or it was in a warranty process or they just, uh, you know, some people just unfortunately couldn't afford them. And what we did is we came out with a, a pretty good team deal that we allowed, you know, our high schools or even some of our travel programs that, that need any product. It's basically pretty simple. It's a buy two, get one free deal. And the, the method of that is once again to, you know, figure out uh, a price point that is going to be competitive for a lot of these high schools and figure out a way to get product in their hand that nobody's going to have to worry about. So it was unfortunate last year, we heard about a few high schools across the country that come playoff time, they did not have any product. And that's a big issue in the marketplace, which, you know, we've talked about in the past with a lot of the warranty stuff in the market and a lot of companies taking a very long time to get products that is being sent back as a warranty, taking them a long time to ship replacement bats back out. Again, it was, well, hey, let's figure out a way to take care of the consumer and see if there's anything that we could do to help. And we've been very, very successful with getting our buy two, get one free deal out to a lot of these schools. I was going to say, and it might be fun too, now that you're going to be having gloves in the mix as well. Yeah, we're looking at putting together kind of like a little bit of a package deal to present to some of these programs or schools that are interested in kind of being at a one-stop shop where they can go and, and get gloves, they can get bats, they can get bags, and kind of just make sure that we at least offer them a solution to show up one place, get everything taken care of so that they could focus on the fun stuff, the games, the coaching, the practices, et cetera. So I, I was going to say, I had one other question too that had been recently asked to me here in Georgia. We've had some inclement mm -hmm. weather. We've had some cold, cold days, and the kids have had tournaments that are scheduled and they have to play. They're going out to the field with their composite bats and being a little bit leery or maybe using an older bat. We had also talked to them about the idea that using Rocket Tech minus nine as being a little bit more of a durable option on some of those cold weather days. Is there anything that you might advise them or us about with that? I think that that's one of the beautiful things about that bat. You know, the, the minus nine that we make the double wall aluminum bat is 
kind of in a league of its own. It's one of those bats that the, the people that have swung it understand it, and it, it has a, a, a pretty loyal following throughout the years. It's one of those bats that you're just going to be able to take out of the wrapper and not worry about. And, and that's something that I think is uncommon these days in the bat industry. It allows a player to not have to worry about, oh, you know, how cold it is or, or what the weather is like on that certain day. It, it's going to be a bat that is just going to show up and perform. I mean, you take it out of the wrapper, take it out of your bag. You don't have to worry about anything. Grab it, walk up to the plate with some confidence and be ready to rock and roll. And that's one of the coolest things, in my opinion, about that bat. Cause as we all know, again, the, the bat market is kind of, uh, going backwards in my opinion in the durability factor of the product that's being sold to a lot of these players and families no i'm really excited about that bat in particular just because it is a minus nine any of the other days that they're swinging their carbon it's going to feel light because of all the work that they do with the minus nine but to have that to train and to use in the cold weather i think is ideal for everybody Almost a must-have. I've got a fun uh, minus nine story for you. One of the girls that I work with, she's a pretty strong kid. Been working on convincing her and her father for a little while that that was really the bat that she needs to be swinging. And you know, they kept coming back to, "Well, I'm not strong enough to swing that. That's that's way too heavy." And I keep back and forth over and over and over again. So I finally just made a deal with them. I knew they had a uh, tournament coming up, and uh, one of those weekends that uh, we've just had where it was so cold and miserable. And I just made her a deal. I said, just, I promise you're going to love this bat. Use it this weekend. And then you tell me, I said, if, if you decide you didn't have the weekend you, you wanted to have, if you didn't uh, do well uh, swinging this so bat this weekend, me. I'm going to yeah. give you five free lessons. And they both looked at me like, <laughs> I must either be crazy, confident, or some somewhere in the middle. She came right. back after the weekend and uh, wants to know how, how to get one as fast as she can because she hit like three home runs and a couple of doubles the first the time that weather. she used it in the yeah. cold weather using that bat and you know raving about how you know my hands didn't hurt it didn't you know it felt great while I was hitting you know everybody else was whining and complaining because of the way their bats felt every time they hit the ball she was even laughing because one of her teammates you know basically said she hoped she didn't hit the ball anymore that day because it hurt so much every time <laughs> she hit it once you get the light bulb to come on for some of these kids about uh, you know what we're trying to get them to understand about why a bat like that can really be the best tool ever for them, we definitely have a, have a convert here in, in, in Georgia that went from thinking, there's no way I can handle that bat to, I bet you she never swings anything else for the rest of her career. I was going to say, I think it's just a great product for them to be able to work with. Right. And, uh, and it's a great product on, on hot days, yeah. too. It's just, you know, it was you know kind of a a great way in for me to be able to to tell her, you know, it's going to be so cold and miserable this weekend. It'd be a good time to try it. Right. So I, I just wanted to share that one. Yeah. Uh, and she's hit a couple of home runs in her life, but I bet you she doubled, at least doubled her career home run output in one weekend on a day that was like 38 degrees and windy. So there's something for all of our listeners to be thinking about when you're trying to decide what's the right bat. Thank you for sharing that with me. That's what makes it, that that right there is, what makes this so so much fun that's what makes it to where every everyone on in in our team and and the anderson that family that's why we can't show up or can't wait to show up to work on monday morning and figure out a way to continue to to bring something great to the marketplace so that i'm super excited if that person is listening to this first of all congratulations on a great weekend but we are very very excited to have you as 
part of the Anderson Bat family. So that is awesome. Yeah, it was it was exciting to see and and the smile on her face uh, when she came in for her next lesson. So I uh, basically so I don't have to give you any free lessons, do I? So <laughs> I, I wish I would. You know, we, we, we've been talking for the last several times over some of our last podcasts about how when you get to be old like me, you spend a lot of times thinking, how could I be so darn stupid for so long? I think uh, that was kind of the uh, the reality that she came to. And of course, you know, at, at 14, she hasn't had enough chances to feel that way very often. But it was exciting to see. And, and I think, you know, it's just a, a good testimonial. So so anything else new and exciting? Uh, anything else you want to share with our listeners? Uh, obviously, the glove line is something that uh, we're really excited to see. But uh, uh, anything else that's new on the horizon? The biggest thing for us this year is going to be the gloves. It's something we've never done. So we kind of, again... We've got that all dialed in, taken care of, ready to kind of launch it and see how it goes. I think what we talked about before, the the initial interest without us even having it marketed at all is very, very exciting. We are currently doing a, a lot of research, I guess you could say, or, or thought process and planning into how to bring a bunch of other options into the marketplace. We've talked to a couple companies about possibly doing some sort of catcher's gear and possibly doing some sort of cleat. But I, I wouldn't say that that's going to be anytime soon. Again, just we like to do things right, not fast. I'm going to make sure that everything is, is all of our, we dot our I's, we cross our T's. But again, we also want to make sure that at the end of the day, we don't lose focus on our main goal. And that is to continue to put the best possible bat in the player's hands and now we're going to kind of broaden that a little bit from bats to gloves and, and the, the backpacks and bags and all that stuff. So for this year, the, the big change, the big new thing is obviously going to be the changes we made with the product, with the bats, making them more durable. So again, the, the parent hard-earned money um, is spent in the right place where they know they're going to get taken care of. And then continuing to, like I said before, get get 1% better. And that's something that can go from bats to now gloves to, again, looking at catcher's gear and, and batting gloves and cleats and how can we continue to kind of grow and make sure that, again, with that growth, we're making sure that everything we release is as good as we could possibly make it. We're super, super, super excited. There's a lot of interest already in what we have coming out for this year and the new customers that we're going to possibly, you know, reach and get this year. We're so excited to have them try our stuff. The returning customers, you know, we're, we're so incredibly thankful for them. They're the people that built this great brand and continue to, to, you know, like I said, make us super excited to go to work every day and, and come up with something new that we could release that's great going to be a very 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 good year for us um I'm, I'm really excited to see what people that haven't put an anderson in their hands yet give it a shot and kind of see what a lot of people are talking about now and uh go from there i'm excited for you and and one thing i will say for sure based on on our track record together that uh, anything you all bring to market i have a hundred percent faith good. in because the track record says that uh, as you said you know, doing it right instead of doing it fast and making sure that you've, uh, you know, taken care of all the details of making it the best it can be and then constantly looking to improve. Just an exciting thing. We're, we're really proud to be associated with Anderson and, and super excited about what the future holds. I think it's a, a really good thing. And you guys are obviously fantastic. I'm glad that, you know, our, our paths crossed 
we're going to continue to try and do everything we can to work well with you guys. And I thank you for your time and, you know, helping get our story out. And I think, you know, when you have people like yourself that provide so much value with this to your listeners, I think it's fantastic that you guys trust us enough to, to hop on here and continue to try and update, you know, the listener of what's kind of happening in the marketplace and, and what's going to change for this upcoming year. So thank you guys. You are awesome. I don't think a lot of your listeners understand how lucky they are to have you guys, you know, continue to, to bring value all the time. You guys are fantastic. Um, and I just personally want to say thank you. It's our pleasure. We certainly Tristan, enjoy we appreciate you. Yeah. So, and I was going to say, and we look forward to these kind of chats and maybe sometime really soon again, we can get back together. Yeah. No, we appreciate it. So, yeah. Um, Tristan, thank you very much for spending some time with us today. I know uh, one of the busiest people I know. So anytime uh, that we can carve out of your schedule certainly is is something that we really do appreciate. And I know our listeners do too. So thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk again soon. So I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation. Tristan's you know, really working hard to make this game better, to you know, pr- put a really good product in your hands. You know, We obviously believe in the Anderson Bat Company. They've been a sponsor for us and a supporter of us. But I tell people this all the time. We tested their bats before we signed on. I have kids constantly coming through the cage that I put an Anderson bat in their hands to show them that it's a high-quality, great bat that they should be considering. And so we want you to make sure that you really take a good hard look at Anderson bat because I think that they're you know, putting an amazing product out there. So, Don, that's going to take us to our cleanup topic. Our cleanup topic is sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to be sponsored by Pinnacle Power Butter. It's a nutritious snack that every athlete should have in their bag of tricks. It will allow you to get a great snack, something that's healthy and nutritious, all natural, and goes a long way towards making a ball player a better one. And Tori, our listeners can get their Pinnacle Power Butter at PinnaclePowerButter.com, and they can place their order there. Again, that's PinnaclePowerButter.com. If they use their promo code of EFP10, they can also get a 10% discount. And we're really excited that they're on board with us. Products are great. We've used them and tried them at home. The whole family loves it. And as always, please take advantage of that EFP10 discount. It's a great way for you to save 10% on your Pinnacle order and also to help support everything fast pitch at the same time. So Don, the transfer portal, something we've talked about quite a bit, name, image, and likeness in a way now that players are able to monetize their athletic abilities, their their reputation, their star power. It's something that, uh, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, is a really big topic that now amongst college coaches. And I think all college coaches are kind of on the same plane with this as we are, that there's some things about it that are good for the game and really good for the kids. There's other things about it that are really not good for the game and not good for the kids um, or potentially not good for the kids. I thought it was interesting this week. I I listen to a lot of podcasts now. It's really kind of funny. When we started doing this podcast, I didn't even know what a podcast was. How, how, How do we do that? Right. And now that uh, I'm in the podcast world, I find myself almost always when I'm driving, I spend a lot of time in the truck listening to podcasts. I can't say maybe 5% of the time anymore is listening to the radio when I drive, and the other 95% is listening to podcasts. So this is more fun. Well, it's it's sort of like having a conversation while you're yeah. driving along. You can kind of you're listen to people's sitting in with us. opinions and things like that. Yeah. But there was a really good podcast that I listened to this week. It's Ryan Rosillo's podcast. And Ryan was a, a big star on ESPN for a long time, uh, did uh, you know, a lot of different things, uh, and has been in the podcast world for a little while. 
and he had a, a guest named was Max Olson. And Max is a writer for The Athletic. And Max's job is basically 24-7 now studying and analyzing the transfer portal and how it affects football. And listening to that podcast, I couldn't help but think that a lot of what he was talking about, and if, if you really want to know more about how the portal really is impacting, how it's working, you can listen to him talk about the impact it's having on college football. And just every time he says football, put the word softball in there. Exact same issues. But I thought it was a really good listen. And I strongly recommend if, you, if you're curious about how this is all working, if you have questions about it, um, after you get done listening to this Everything Fast Pitch podcast, look it up on uh, the Ryan Rosillo feed because it was a really thoughtful uh, discussion. But some of the things that they mentioned and some of the things that, the, that I thought were interesting for, from our perspective, number one is really high number of players that are entering the transfer portal. Um, this year, the first day that the transfer portal was available for college football players, over a thousand football players entered their names in the in the portal. That's an amazing number. We think about the number of college football players there are. It's, I mean, it's a substantial number of players. But I know at one point in time, you know, the the softball transfer portal last year had over two thousand players in it. And my guess is that that probably is a reasonable comparison because. You know, there's probably, whatever, 85, 90 players on a football team. There's 20, 25 players on a softball team at the college level. So you'd have four times as many football players in the portal as there are softball players. It's probably logical. But some of the stuff that uh, they were talking about that hit a chord with me is high numbers obviously shows that there's a major impact on what's happening within programs rapid opportunity for schools to change their fortunes quickly by being really active in recruiting transfers. You know, just this year, you know, USC is a perfect example on the football side. You know, Lincoln Riley became the head coach at USC, came there from Oklahoma, and through the transfer portal and NIL money and NIL deals that they were able to put together, went from uh, a pretty mediocre average team to almost making the college playoffs in one year. Texas Christian University went from being a pretty good team, a pretty successful team, to being in the college football playoffs in one year with a new coach because those new coaches came in really embracing the transfer portal and using that as their primary tool to rebuild their teams. And I think what we're starting to see is that is a legitimate option for college coaches. Now, the last couple of years, we've raved about the amazing impact that the transfer portals had on Oklahoma's program. Now, Oklahoma still has a bunch of really good homegrown players, players that they recruited out of high school. Originally recruited. Yeah, right, that yeah. uh, came there through the traditional, what we think of the traditional Path. recruiting model. Yeah. But they also cannot deny the impact that the transfers have had so far at Oklahoma and will have this coming year. This year they had you know four or five All-Americans from other schools transfer to their program the best players from other schools right and this is one of the things that they talk about in the the Rosillo podcast is that once upon a time the players that transferred were not the star players they weren't the you know kids that were really happy with their roles on the teams they weren't the best players on the team they were the the one that wasn't quite making right, it wasn't the, quite the, happy yeah, yeah not quite having the role not 
quite being as successful as they yeah. want to be. You know, chose a school coming out of high school that wasn't quite as competitive as they're now capable of playing at. And that has turned into a the very best players at other really good schools with really big time athletic programs also leaving. You know, an All American at Arizona State that transfers to Oklahoma is a pretty big change to what we came up with thinking about transfers. The 10th or 11th or 12th right. kid on someone yeah. else's roster. Or, or even the 6th might, or 7th. Might help us, but right. yeah. That's the, the trend now in college football that these programs have are dedicating full-time people and full-time jobs within their staffs to... Staying on top of it. To do nothing but watch other college teams play watch other college players play, and already have a list of the targets of the players that if they become available, that they want. Because they would typically do that within their conference, but not throughout the whole country. Right. So now, you know, you, you know, might keep, you know, back in the day, you might recognize, you know, a player that you played against, say, wow, she's really good. I wish we had her. Right. Well, now we've got, you know, programs dedicating, you know, a lot of time and effort to and of course, now it's a lot easier to because with so many games on all these different cable packages, you need to know if somebody can help us, even if they're right. a long ways away. You know, a, a, yeah. a coach at Oklahoma or Oklahoma State or UCLA or Florida zip through five or six games a night, you know, fast forwarding through the breaks and fast forwarding through the kids that they're not interested in to watch enough of a player to know for sure if that player is available, we want to recruit them. So that's the first thing that that's become a, a major tool in the football world. And I think it's clearly become a major tool in the softball world where football's ahead of softball right now, but there's, you know, some momentum gathering is the combination of the transfer portal and NIL money. So name, image, and likeness. And we've talked about that a bunch of times, but it basically allows players to make money. That's just a bonus. Right. To, to, yeah. to be paid for a lot of different things that services, things that they can do. Appearances, whatever. Right. You yeah. know, and, and, and the original thought was that you know kids would be able to do a speaking engagement or sign some autographs or be in, or a, commercial be in or... a commercial. Well, now what's happening in the football world is that groups of boosters are getting together. They call them collectives. And these collectives are pooling gigantic amounts of money. Show up at a Christmas party or, or oh, and, and to sign autographs? Yeah, to basically, yeah, basically be in a place where when a player is available, that whether it's scholarship money, NIL money, or some combination of both, that they can offer a, you know, you can't pass this up kind of deal, pass this, you can't, you can't possibly pass up this kind of money offer to players. To come. We've got a little bit of that happening now in softball. A couple of schools that are really ahead of this are doing a really good job, have, you know, have put together, you know, NIL packages and support for players to really be a strong incentive. Big change number one is schools are spending a ton of time now actively scouting, sort of like advanced scouts in baseball. You know, in, in Major League Baseball, you have you know people that are dedicated to, to nothing but watching the other teams play so we can target somebody to trade or somebody who becomes a free agent. Well, now we've got that happening in college sports. I was going to say, I had somebody ask an interesting question too, Tori, and I'm not sure you may know the answer, but if I was a player and I chose to enter the portal, I've got a nice scholarship where I'm at. Does being involved in the portal or, or being available in the portal, does that allow my school to pull my scholarship? Yes. Yeah, the answer to that is they can. As soon as you enter your name in the portal, they can give your scholarship to somebody else. 
And that would be, I guess, after that school year, you've signed a contract for one full season. If I, in the fall, decided I wasn't really excited about my choice and or somebody approached me. The way I understand or, it is if you go into the portal on September 1st, on September 2nd, I can cancel your scholarship. I gotcha. Or if it's October 30th or whatever, you know, if it's uh, the so end of the fall semester. Play out our season, right. just oh, like everything's hunky-dory. Yeah, yeah. and That would be up to a coach and an administration to decide, choose to let you keep it while you're shopping yourself around. <laughs> I, but my, my guess is that that probably doesn't happen. So we've got the advanced scouting going on. We've got the collectives, the boosters that uh, in the past were kind of really in the shadows, you know, operating to behind the scenes, behind the scenes to yeah. help influence players to come that now are out there in the open. There's no reason for them to hide their generosity Influence or money. Yeah. Um, and so that leads then to the third problem that I that they talk about that I don't think anybody expected to be as big a problem as it is. But it's just the flat-out tampering slash poaching, trying to steal players away from other programs. There were a couple of coaches, you know, Rodney DeLong at North Texas this year, you know, was on the record talking about how frustrating it was because he knew he had players on his roster that were being actively recruited to transfer. And sometimes it's a friend of a friend, sometimes it's a travel ball coach. If college coach A is trying to poach a player, trying to recruit a player away from college program B, it's not that coach calling directly, but it could be that coach talking to a travel ball coach. It Behind could be, the scenes right, channel. That, that coach yep. talking to a high school coach. That coach having players on their team who know the player in question from travel ball or school ball or whatever it is. You know, there, there's lots of ways to let a player know, well, I know right now you're at school X, but if anything ever changes, you know, we'd love to have you. You know, if you, if you decide you're, you know, you're looking to go someplace else or even more nefarious, I know you're really happy there, but you'll be better off here. I know mm -hmm. you're doing great there, but we can do more for you here. I know you're doing great there, but they don't give you any money from NIL, and I can help you get NIL money here. That kind of stuff is starting to happen. And the reality of it is we all know that it's unethical. We all know that it's against the rules. But the NCAA at this point in time is so overwhelmed by the whole NIL transfer portal debacle that they aren't really doing anything about solving any of the tampering, recruiting another college kid away from their college program stuff. And I think as, you know, just like you were talking about the convention and coming up with new rules and regulations and things like that, after a couple of seasons of this go on, um, maybe they'll come up with some protocol or things that... Right. Uh, well, they've you know, that already help, started guess, to, you but, know, in, in, for football... You know, they've in instituted windows of opportunity. So after the college season, the, the regular season ends, there's a 45-day window where players can enter the portal. Then they're not allowed to until later in the, in the spring. And then there's like another, you know, one week or two week period. And the idea behind that was that it would give the coach at the existing school, the, the coach that's losing the player, at least a little bit of notice. If you know now, that a player's leaving and isn't going to be back next fall, you'd have all spring and summer to work on replacing them. If they tell you in the spring in that one-week window that they're leaving, well, then at least you got the summer to replace them. 
Up until that was installed, player could come in any day, every day, and, and there were some schools that I'm right. sure you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten days in a row, we're having a different player come in and say, hey, I'm unhappy, I'm transferring. Very much caught off guard. Or or even not even having that conversation, just putting their name in the portal. And, you know, the coach finds out when they get the email notification that one of their players just entered the portal. It's a really tangled thing. And, and as you said, Don, at, you know, at the convention this year, I know that from what my friends have told me, you know, the transfer portal and NIL was like, Every, every, topic. every place you saw three or four people standing around talking, that's what they were talking about. I just can't even fathom being an All-American, which means you've got to be a pretty competitive school even to put up kind of numbers right. to be an All-American that you would be ready to leave. Well, and I think I, that's where things have, have really changed. You know, as I said before, you know, the model for the longest time was... As a coach, it breaks my heart a little bit. Yeah, for, yeah. That, that it was... You know, the, the really good players at really good schools were really happy to be there and they stayed there and they did really good until they left. Right. Until they graduated. And know. we tried to build around them. Right. To me, that's where the college coach impact is now. Something that they say in the Priscilla podcast, which did kind of hit a chord with me because I obviously, everything I think about this is skewed towards my experience as a coach and the past system where you, for the most part, you could count on the majority of your team returning from year to year. Sure. And it was very unusual to lose a, a frontline, top-of-the-line player. You know, that, that just didn't happen because even at a smaller school, the kids that were playing all the time and really happy and had really good scholarships were very likely to stay because the opportunity to leave just wasn't as as readily available. And so you could kind of have that, you know, four-year, five-year spreadsheet where you would map out who's in a class, what position they play, you know, where the holes are going to be in the future. You could work on filling those holes, you know, and have and have a plan in mind for college coaches now on top of trying to fill the holes for the future, they have to all spend time re-recruiting the kids that are on their team, convincing those kids to stay to retain them from year to year is now a big part of what I think college coaching really is, and especially your impact players, you've got to do a really good job of convincing them to stay. And in this day and age, that probably means besides making sure that their playing time is what they want, making sure that their role is what they want, making sure that the team is successful enough that they feel like it's worth their while to be on it, you probably have to get out in the community and find that booster, that car dealer, that uh, business owner, that you know, really successful alumni and convince them that you know we really could use 10 20 30 40 100 a million doesn't make sense i know right every year you're evaluated on your wins and losses too as a coach and that's kind of your livelihood and and for you to be at a school that can't compete with nil money is crazy right we spend a lot of time talking about the haves and the have nots the difference between the top of the pyramid and the and everybody else and it's it's a never ending discussion but the reality of it is the difference between the haves and the have-nots just continually grows wider and wider and wider. A school like Tennessee Tech has got, you know, where I spent a long chunk of my coaching career, has got some really strong boosters that do a really good job of supporting the athletic program to the best of their ability. You know, there's a couple of local businesses that are very generous that do a great job, but comparing their booster group and, and the potential donors and people that they have versus a school like Tennessee, Georgia State versus Georgia, Florida Tech versus Florida or Florida State, 
it's it's not even apples and oranges, it's apples and Cadillacs. I was going to say, and a lot of those donors typically those funds would be going towards just the functionality, right? Not just hey, here's extra money to start giving kids, right? You know, it's it's for the day in day out operation of the athletic program, new equipment, it, it, new right, facilities, it, new. So the NAL thing, and again, because the other thing that it does is it kind of throws out the scholarship limitations. Oh yeah. If we're at, you know, if if I'm at the right school in college softball right now, and I've got my twelve scholarships all given out for next year. I don't even have to do the hard thing of telling a kid, hey, get out of here. I need your scholarship because somebody better than you is coming in. I can say, well, you can keep your scholarship because I'm going to give the new player the scholarship worth plus in NIL money. Right. So, you know, they're they're going to quote unquote paying for their education, but they're paying for it with money that I'm making sure that they get from all these businesses. Why the transfer portal to an NIL is so complicated, and they talked about it with in, in this podcast, more Colleges now and more of the collective booster groups that are funding NIL want the colleges to want the coaches to invest their money in transfers instead of high school kids. A transfer who's proven that they can play, you know, a kid who was an All American at Arizona State is pretty likely to contribute wherever they go. Sure. Versus a high school All American coming in as a brand new freshman, top recruit, right? Yeah, you know the 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 kid that's you know that hit thirty home runs or twenty five home runs against high level Division one competition already, versus the kid who has the potential to do it. Well, which one's a safer investment in your money? No doubt, right? And so it's just this this really complicated thing. So is the face of college athletics changing? It's changing as we speak. Kind of left this one point hanging. So you have to re-recruit your whole team every year. And the idea is, you know, how difficult that is or how unfortunate that is for college coaches. But if you're one of these football coaches making $5 million, $7 million, $10 million a year, that's part of what you're getting that money for. Sure. Now, once upon a time, you got the, your big paycheck and you didn't have to worry about it. Now, if you want to keep that big paycheck, you're going to have to figure out a way to keep the right players. It was really kind of crazy because where they started their discussion was, you think about a school like Alabama football, Georgia football, a lot of these schools that are always going to be in the mix for national championships and, and playing in the college football playoffs, that those same schools are leading the race for the number of players. or They're in the top pack of losing the most players, but they're losing the most players because they have so many great players that great players are leaving because they can go someplace else and, and play all the time. <laughs> and get money from NIL. And, you know, on and on and on it goes. It's so, going to be an interesting season to watch. Yeah, and I think the next couple of years, I think it's going to be really interesting. But, you know, one of the things we talk about all the time is how is all this changing recruiting for high school kids? Well, we just talked about it. You just went down a gigantic notch on the importance list of how many college programs now in the are going to invest the time that they used to spend watching sophomores and freshmen and juniors play in high school are now going to be spending that time watching sophomores and freshmen and juniors in college play. And how much time is going to be spent recruiting kids that have already proven to be really good college players. Kind of like junior college thing, but at four-year schools. The the, the best analogy we've ever come up with was the minor league thing. Reality of it is, you know, junior college coaches always went into it knowing they were going to have to recruit a whole new team or a half a new team every year because that was their job. Four-year schools didn't think that. Right. Well, now four-year schools at a lot, and a lot of them are 
in the, I've got to be willing to recruit a whole new team every other year or every two years. Those that are in that minor league. Right. Like you're and, saying, but, but here's the thing that's so crazy to me. For the longest time, I would have thought of schools like Tennessee Tech and Georgia State, Texas State, UW Green Bay and places like that, you know, that are the Division I schools, but they're the smaller Division I schools in a state. You know, Tennessee State or whatever are the AAA schools. Well, now the AAA schools are Arizona State and schools like that that are getting players poached from them. And then AA is probably the rest of Power Five. And then single A is now, you know, the lower part of Division One. And, you know, Division Two, NAI and JUCO, they're like, you know, the independent leagues that aren't affiliated with anybody that are just out there swimming upstream trying to get their players noticed. Right. And or trying to keep their <laughs> players around so they have a chance to keep winning. So I, I really, you know, enjoyed re- hearing that podcast because I think the football twist on it put a lot of perspective on it. But I think what's happening there is happening in softball, just not as widespread or not quite as clear cut yet. Tori, did they talk at all about the uh, importance or the, I guess, the change in the importance of the NCAA as a an institution? Is that going to make it? Are they because they don't seem to have a hold on anything. No, I, I right now I think the NCAA is running championships. That's really what they're doing. I don't think they're mm. in a position to enforce the rules. Well, they don't have scholarship yeah. limits or anything yeah. anymore. And and you know, and I think you know that that's the the next shoe to drop is how we're going to administer all these things. Eventually, the championships don't have much meaning. If you can do whatever it takes to win them, we're not going to hear much about eligibility, academic eligibility, and all this other stuff. Well, I think when, I think some of that stuff probably will still hold a little bit of sway, just because you know the within the, the institution. Or yeah, because from the NCAA. But I think both, because no matter what, want college presidents want to make get the an money, education. and college presidents want to see their athletic programs be successful. But those people still are educators, right? You know, they're they're still working in institutions of higher learning for a reason. While the lines get a little bit blurry from time to time, you can't tell me that you know Chancellor at Wisconsin or the President at Tennessee or whatever is just going to say, "Well, these three hundred kids or these five hundred kids, they're you know they don't have to graduate, they don't have to go to class, they're just professionals." Now that might happen someday, but I think now we're still going to have to see them, you know. Maintaining a grade point average and, and you know going to class and that kind of thing for a while. Will they someday be professionals that are you know just as much an employee of the university as the grounds crew or the uh, janitorial staff or the food service employees? I think that's a possibility. All things are out the door, but you know to me the the hardest thing for everybody to kind of wrap their heads around is how much value does winning your championship have when you can do whatever it takes to win it? And there's no limitations. There's no rules. It's supposed to all be ethical. Ethics to me means I keep my job by winning a national championship and I can, you know, use the NIL money to make that happen. Interesting. Yeah, for so sure. The face is changing. Listen to that Ryan Rosillo podcast if you want a, a lot more insight into how it's all it's doing. And uh, keep your eyes open on Facebook and places like that because I'm sure we're going to see more and more stuff coming out about things that were discussed at the NFCA and how it's going to impact softball moving forward. So, Don, that's going to take us to our action coach coaching tip of the week. Hello, I'm John Davis of Action Coach Business Coaching. As softball coaches, trainers, and parents, we all know if we aren't working and learning, we are falling behind. When we fall behind, we are prone to losing and coming up short of our goals. Because you're a listener to the Everything Fast Pitch Prep podcast, you are likely committed to learning already. 
starting with my time as an athlete, business professional, parent, and softball coach, continuous improvement through goal-setting, planning, and action have been a foundation for my success. As a business coach, I have further learned new concepts and approaches for business owners and leaders to find the success they dreamt of when starting their business. One of the fundamental principles is our formula for success. Dreams times goals times learning times planning times action equals success. If any of those, dreams, goals, learning, planning, and action, are zero or near zero, so is the likelihood for success. This can be applied to your players, your team, and of course your business. I'm always willing to spend time talking to fellow business owners, especially those in the fast pitch community. If you want to talk about taking your business to the next level, then reach out and we can set up a 30-minute phone call to talk about your opportunities, and I will share the five ways to increase profit. No business or situation is too big or too small, as we have programs for all stages of business. If we end up working together, you will receive a 10% discount on all programs, and an additional 10% will be donated to the Fast Pitch Prep podcast. We want to continue this great podcast. Just tell me that you heard about us through everything Fast Pitch. When you want to talk about how to improve your formula for success, then reach out to me at John Davis at actioncoach.com or call me at 817-538-8864. Now is a great time to get into action. As, as I said in the intro, we're really excited to have John coming on board and Action Coach becoming a partner with what we're doing with Everything Fast Pitch Podcast. Very exciting for us to have somebody else uh, coming part of the team. It's a, it's a cool thing. We're very proud to have them come on board. So that's going to wrap up episode number 245. Please make sure you support our sponsors, the Anderson Bat Company, Bittinger and Styles, Elite Sporting Goods, Pinnacle Power Butter, and Action Coat. Make sure you go to the fastpitchprep.com website to order your Square Cuts training discs of $49.95 a dozen. You also have access to the YouTube channel and our blogs. There's about 720 blogs in the file, so tons of information there. Um, and, and as always, please make sure you reach out to us. I was very excited. Um, that we uh, are back on the upswing with nominations for Player of the Week, uh, but we still want to keep those Player of the Week nominations coming in. Uh, so please make sure you reach out to us with uh, players you would like to see recognized at everythingfastpitch at gmail.com or fastpitchprep at gmail.com. So for Coach Don McKinley, our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tory saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>